Good morning. Thanks so much, Vix. And uh, thanks, David and Karis. And good morning to you. Um, if you have got a Bible to open this amazing story of Ruth, then do grab it or, or switch it on because we're following through. Our series is Faith in Unfamiliar Times. And uh, I'm sure that immediately speaks to us. We had such a good introduction last week from Tim. Uh, it's online if you want to view it and, and you can see it um, there. And, and Tim was setting setting the scene for us. So yeah, un unfamiliar times. Um, we're going to be focusing through Ruth over the next few weeks and probably each week actually as we go through the chapters, the four chapters, we're going to find ourselves focusing on one of the particular characters in, in, in this story. And today I'm, I'm really focusing on Naomi and want to just take us through through chapter chapter one. It's a beautiful story and so much I think that God wants to, to speak to us um, about today. Um, I, uh, I wonder if you know that um, most Hollywood films uh, apparently have a really similar structure to them. If you think about it, it's, it's pretty obvious. Most films, lots of books, lots of stories have uh, a very familiar pattern. The, uh, the main protagonist, the main character, uh, maybe takes uh, some steps in life and they're maybe not the best steps in life. And then there comes a moment of self-realisation. And, uh, you know, it's that moment in Toy Story when Buzz Lightyear discovers that he is a toy. He, he recognises that. Of course, many other examples, many more serious examples, that, that moment of self-realisation. And, uh, and then the character changes heart and changes direction and the film comes, comes to its climax. I don't know, maybe if you uh, during lockdown have had the odd grumpy day. I mean, I'm just, you know, able to say that I often have grumpy days. And uh, I find in myself that I kind of go through the day and it's like a series of small steps. I almost can't stop myself from uh, just being grumpy and kind of like stepping away from from Nikki and from and Rachel and Naomi, um, just sort of kind of almost emotionally um, stepping away. Sometimes it happens, frankly, being honest about it when we go on holiday. Um, but hopefully there comes a moment of self-realisation where I realise that I need to change. And then the movement is back um, to say sorry, back into relationship with Nikki and with Naomi and Rachel. I, I wonder if you notice that in this first chapter of, of Ruth, um, that there are, there's a double movement. There's a beautiful symmetry to the whole of Book of Ruth. And, and particularly in this first chapter, there's a movement, first of all, away from God. And then there is a movement decisively back to God. Tim last week told us, didn't he, that, that God never speaks directly in the book of Ruth. And yet God is so evidently his big story and his involvement in the detail of our lives is, is there. And in every verse, every word throughout the whole story, there's this movement by Naomi, away from God, and then there's a movement back. Um, Tim last week said the first five verses of this chapter, he talked about their sort of descending steps. I wonder if you might think about them as being um, distancing steps. Um, if you just have a look, the, the first decision is there, isn't it? When um, Elimelech and, and his family, there's a famine and they decide to leave Bethlehem. Now, the point is, some of you may know that the word Bethlehem, the name Bethlehem, actually means house of bread. It's one of the most fertile areas in the ancient world. And when there's a famine, 
they move away from it. But also significantly, where they go, they go away from the place of God's promise of provision. They go to Moab and that journey takes them back away from the promised land through the wilderness. It's actually a long journey through the wilderness and over the River Jordan out of the promised land. It is steps distancing themselves from God's promise and God's instruction that he will provide for them if they stay in the promised land. It says in the text, doesn't it, that they intend to go for a short while. But later, a couple of verses later, we hear that they've been there 10 years. So their intention for this to be a short-term solution has become a long-term situation. Elimelech dies and there's then another key step away from God's will as um, the two sons, Elimelech's two sons and Naomi's two sons, marry Moabite women. Now, it's absolutely crucial, especially in these circumstances we're in today, that I make clear that the issue here is not ethnicity. It's not the fact that they are Moabs that is any kind of issue here. It's the fact that God has said to his people that they're not to intermarry because of losing their faith and losing their religion. In, in Jewish thinking, faith is passed on down the generations through mothers. And so that's the significance here, not the race, not the ethnicity, but the stepping away from God's will. I mean, of course, we actually know that the whole story of Ruth talks to us and tells us when we read the genealogy at the end of the story, as Tim referenced last week, that very in the absolute genealogy of Jesus are a mix of races because Ruth, the Moab, is going to be one of the ancestors of Jesus. And if we need any reminding that Jesus was born in the Middle East and had brown skin. But the issue here is that they're moving away again from God's will and God's purposes. And so they end up as three widows, because the two sons die, three widows in, in desperate states. The progression away from God's will has been so extreme. There's a question, of course, isn't there, which the story raises. Are there circumstances, are difficult circumstances anywhere? Is it God's judgment? Well, it's really important to notice that Naomi never complains directly against God. Actually, we need to look at her words in a few moments that she says later. But she doesn't express bitterness at God. She doesn't blame God. Naomi seems to accept that her circumstances are the consequences of her disobedience, Elimelech's disobedience, their, their steps away from God. She recognises that there is a fallacy in believing that the grass is going to be greener. And that speaks to us, doesn't it, today about perhaps the direction of our lives when we find ourselves moving away from God. Sometimes it can be because of a single massive event, but more often than not, it's slowly bearing off course. When a, a marriage goes wrong, sometimes it can be because of a single catastrophic event, but much more likely when relationships break down of any kind, it is because of slow steps, small steps away, death 
by a thousand cuts. As we think about racial justice, yes, we can absolutely see the significant big events that have happened and are so horrific and so shocking that they are they're really prompting us to see that this is a time for change and a time for action. But when we hear the voices of people of colour, as we did this week, as David and Karis said, from Rita and Victory, and we need to hear so many more voices, we will hear about big things, but we will also hear about death by a thousand cuts, by small steps. I wonder how that speaks to us today. Well, friends, there is the movement away. There is then the moment of self-realisation. And we see through the rest of the chapter, the movement back to God. It's there in verse six. When she, when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she makes the decision to return. Now, what's critical there is that she's hearing that voice, the voice of God in Moab. So in her circumstances... In her worst situation, she is still open to the voice of God. That's a critical thing to notice. Are we open to the voice of God in our critical, difficult circumstances? And then importantly, do you notice that she doesn't just hear God's voice, but she acts on God's voice. She positively turns to return to retrace her steps, the steps away, she's now going to retrace back to God and back to the promised land. We, we see it evidenced in her willingness, her generosity to release the two daughters. She says to them, doesn't she, go back each of you, verse 8. And again, you see the trust in God's promise because she's sure that God will bless them if they do stay with their people. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. Naomi is still trusting in God's goodness and her heart, her openness to God is revealed in her attitude to others. Again, we hear that cry, don't we, right now? Is our openness to God really demonstrated in our behaviour and attitude to others? Again, Naomi does not blame God. A really important thing to notice, she makes the journey back um, and again to recognise it's a long journey back. It would not have been an easy journey back for just to say, I need to return to God and just down the road. She has to go right the way back over the River Jordan and through the wilderness. Just imagine that journey and that struggle, that, that desire, that resilience, that persistence she needed to have in order to journey back to God's promised land, to God's presence. Uh, but when she arrives, you notice in verse 20, she says the whole village is stirred. The small community is stirred by her return. She says, I'm going to change my name from Naomi to Mara. And, and although she says it, 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 the Lord has made my life very bitter in the English, the Lord has made my life very bitter. We need to hear it in its Hebrew, which is her recognition that it's a consequence of her own actions it's an appropriate thing that has happened. She is not blaming God. But what it tells us, her willingness to change her name, is about a depth of true repentance. We live in such times where we need to engage again with repentance, don't we? Desmond Tutu said, there can be no peace 
unless there is reconciliation. There can be no reconciliation before there is forgiveness and there can be no forgiveness. He was talking about racial justice unless people repent. Naomi is a model for us of repentance. Repentance means a change of mind that then leads into a change of behaviour. There is a real demonstration of humility here. Pride, bitterness, fear would have kept her stuck and lost in Moab. Humility, faith and trust bring her back to the promised land, to God's blessing. We think, I'm sure many of us, of the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son, exactly the same moment of self-realisation and then the return in repentance with humility back to God the Father who embraces the son just as Naomi is embraced by her people. Repentance is vital. Repentance, whether we're talking about the sins of commission, the things we actively do, or again, when we think about racial justice, the sins of omission, the things that we don't do, the way that perhaps many of us have to reflect, those of us who are white, that we have not used our voice, our power, to speak up on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ, people of colour. Maybe that's you today in this sphere or maybe it's you today in your relationship with God. Do you hear the voice of God? Are you open to the voice of God? Are you willing to let him come, invite the Holy Spirit? It's God's work in us. It's God's work. We turn back to God and then he does the work of repentance. Are you willing today to turn back to God and say, come Holy Spirit, change my way of thinking, change my heart to change my behaviour? Do you notice then finally, to come into land, the amazing impact on Ruth? Do you notice that both Orpah and Ruth have the same feelings in the same circumstances when Naomi says to them about staying behind? They both are in tears, but the difference is in the choice that they make. And yes, Ruth is responding to loyalty. The loyalty that Naomi is showing, she then reflects in her attitude of loyalty. We really do reap what we sow. Again, so significant to think about in current circumstances. But the critical difference is Ruth makes the decision to travel with Naomi because of faith. There's a faith decision here. Let's be clear, Ruth doesn't say, I want to be with you, Naomi, and by the way, I'll take your religion as well. No, what has happened is that in the worst of circumstances for Naomi and Elimelech, at this point of self-realisation and faith by Naomi, Ruth has seen something that has spoken to her heart. For 10 years, when they were living in compromise in Moab, we have no evidence of faith having any impact But right now, as Naomi turns, despite everything that has happened and expresses her trust in God by travelling back, by setting out across the wilderness, that's what speaks to Ruth. Friends, we might want to present our best to people. We might think that would be the best witness, the choices we make when things are good. But can I tell you, I think it's the choices, the faith choices we make when things are really hard and tough. That's actually what speaks to people about the reality of God's goodness, 
and the way that we can trust in him. What do people see in us when things are hard, when we're grumpy, when we're struggling with much more significant issues about racial justice and how we truly be a a, a church that grows even further in the way we engage and we listen and we involve and share and celebrate the gifts of all God's people, how we use our power to speak out about injustice around the world. What do people see in us when we're struggling, when it's not easy? Friends, today, I hope you are so encouraged by this story, but also challenged. What is the direction of travel in your life? Is it in reality away from God or is your direction of travel back to be closer to God? What are your healthy habits? We've been talking about habits and spiritual practices. Do you have healthy habits that are bringing you closer to God, that you can hear his voice even in the most difficult of circumstances? Or are you in reality drifting away from him? Is it death by a thousand cuts? Could that be true of your marriage? What are you going to do about it? Repentance, inviting the Holy Spirit, God to come, change our minds, change our hearts, change our behaviour. And then for the encouragement, as I say, of witnessing. If we're not blaming God, but we're trusting in God in difficult times, that's what people will see. Maybe as you watch this today, that's what God is saying to you. That he is real. He is good. We can put our trust in him, whatever the circumstances. Do you notice there's a final beautiful symmetry in this chapter? It begins with famine, it ends with harvest. I loved the Eden's story earlier. This chapter begins with famine, it ends with harvest. Might the Lord be saying that to us as well. This day, I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness and your love. Thank you for this amazing story of Naomi and Ruth and thank you for the movement that they made back to you in repentance. Thank you for a story that went from famine to harvest and may that be true for each one of us, for our church family, for our nation and our world, especially in relation to racial justice but in relation to all matters, famine to harvest. Amen.